When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, who's playing Hurt, uh, Gary Tangway, along for the Right Podcast. As you can tell, their walls are better than mine. Um, But Goody was bad in New Orleans, shall we say. Or good. Or good in New Orleans. Or good in New Orleans. However, uh, he had a a day pass. So it, it, it may show in his performance today. All right, we got a lot to do today. We're going to do NCAA. We got to get into the Brooklyn Nets. The Lakers are out. Uh, and also, we have a Bob Ryan story from years past, which I love. Uh, but first, I have to tell you about Bet Online. Okay, college basketball, we know who the national championship is. Now it's time to look ahead to other sports. So head on over to Bet Online today, their website, or use your mobile device, and you can sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That online remains your number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with player props and great contests throughout the year. Your uh, source for the best Vegas casino and poker games. Live betting as well. Super easy. Join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all popular sports and games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, you guys, front row seat. Uh, anyways, Jeff, I'll start with you. Uh, you're the college basketball guy. Just summarize this tournament for us, the comeback by Kansas, and your feeling of what we saw for a product. Well, listen, we didn't think uh, we could get a better game than Duke Carolina in, in the national semifinal, or, or at least one with as much, you know, oomph to it. And, and, and I don't know. It, to me, again, this this Kansas – uh, title game was terrific. It lived up to the hype because they dug themselves the biggest hole in, in national title game history, came back and won it. And then to see Mark Emmert and Bill Self up there uh, at the end was kind of uh, interesting because Kansas, scary, if you didn't know, they've been under an NCAA investigation for the last five years. They're going to get hit with something. I think it's going to be a Bill Self suspension. Uh, next year, be prior to the, the start of next season, I hope that the NCAA stop, stops hitting these teams with postseason bans because that affects players that were never there when the, the, the issues 
took place. So I think it'll be more hit towards Bill Self and, and Curtis Townsend. But listen, bottom line was the games were great. New Orleans were great, was great. And, and to me, our sport was affected more than any other sport. There was no NCAA tournament two years ago. Last year, it was a shell of itself. I was there in Indy for three weeks. There was no atmosphere. When Baylor pounded Gonzaga, it, it was like it was empty. And I know on TV, it was great, right? Like the Jalen Suggs, you know, shot in the national semifinals to beat UCLA. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it was the greatest. Where does it rank as the top games? And I'm, I'm like, it was great. Honestly, it was better if you watched it on TV because there just wasn't that juice in the crowd. Well, this time the juice was back, and Bob can attest to that. Duke Carolina in the national semifinals was as good as it gets, and the national title game was pretty damn close. Before we address Kansas and and their their championship, I need to uh, take note and and pay homage to my my friend here. Uh, I did not know until I read Ian O'Connor's Coach K book, which I read in its entirety, uh, during this last five days, that Jeff Goodman officially broke the story of Coach K's retirement in stadium. I did not know that. And congratulations. I did not know that until I read it uh, near the tail end of the book. So, yeah, I was, I was, I think Ian said to me, he put it in there and, and used my quote that I said to somebody that I, I knew it was 99.99% sure. I have three sources tell me. So I have one. I got a second, and Bob knows this is this is how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to have, unless you get it from from the horse's mouth, you better have a second source, especially with something like this. I, I had it, Gary, and I'm not kidding. I my hand was shaking, my finger was shaking as I hit the button, even though I knew it was 100 percent true. I wasn't worried, but I just a story of that magnitude, you're like, uh, right. Like, and you knew the world, the Twitter verse was going to change once I hit that button. Well, and Ian wrote it that way. So congratulations. Now, now, um, at halftime of the championship game, I was so bummed out as a fan, (laughs) purely as a fan. I didn't have a real horse in the race. I would live with either one. Uh, you know, that I, I, my team was Villanova, you know, if I had an emotional attachment of the four. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just there as a basketball fan enjoying the, and, and I'm saying, Oh, this is a championship game. This is not right. You know, I, this sucks. You know, I, we wanted a good game. I was also thinking about it because I had had a chance to meet with my former school mate, Bob Fishman, the, uh, who was directing his final game after a 40 year career at CBS. We uh, had got, I had met with him in the afternoon and we had a nice chat and, and, you know, he was on record as saying he wanted double overtime, you know, and I, I, <laughs> as a writer, he didn't want his career to end quickly. as a writer. The last thing I, I would have ever want you ever want is overtime on that deadline. But as a fan, okay. I said, fine. Anyway. And then we know what happened in the second half. We got a game. And I remember thinking when it was tied at, at a timeout, at some point in the second half, saying, this is great. This is what we wanted. And we okay. got it. And and let's go down to the final minute. That Baycott injury was crucial in the end. And because I, I hate what I call loose ends, guys. You know, this yeah. is why I felt bad about Villanova. They didn't have Justin Moore. And yes, they got their ass kicked, but maybe Justin Moore would have guarded a GB uh, in the beginning of the game. And he doesn't hit five in a row, you know, and they don't get off to a 10 nothing start. But anyway, uh, and that if Baycott was there maybe uh McCormick doesn't get such an easy it was so easy to put the yeah. game away he manic, manic was can't guard him no 
no, no chance. So anyway, that's too bad. But that's the life, you know. Uh, it was a, a, a suitable, you know, exciting ending and all that, and that's fine. And and uh, and you know, I yeah, I took a picture of it, uh, guys, because uh, I was fascinated. You know, I'm a box score freak. I mean, baseball, basketball. I just bought, looked up at the scoreboard, and the balanced scoring was so exemplary. Right. Yeah. Both right. ways. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah. Each team had five guys in double figures. Now, at that moment, uh, Puff Johnson was on the bench, but he had 11. And, and uh, Leaky Blacks was up there with his two. But they had four guys between, like, 11 and 15. And Kansas had five guys between 10 and 15 up there. Nobody scored more than 15 points in the NCAA tournament. How about that? And, and the, I, I took a picture of this. I just wanted to have it. I mean, my God, this is – this is team basketball. And that's why when most outstanding player came, I said, I'm glad I'm not a voter. There was to no be honest, and, and, and Ocha said this in the post game. He basically said, listen, I would have given it to David McCormick. He I, was if our- I had, and, 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 retrospect, and I did say this later. Yeah, if I had to put the proverbial Luger to my head, McCormick for the two-game performance overall, you know. But, hey, uh, if, if Remy Martin doesn't close out like Mariano Rivera, they don't win that thing either, you know. I mean, he was the closer. There's no question. That's the beauty. That was the beauty of the Kansas team, Bob. Like you said, Agbaji was their best player, first team All-American throughout the season, but everybody else kind of stepped up. I thought the kid, Dewan Harris, early Wilson, in the second half. Wilson. He, Wilson was good. Everybody. But, like, Harris, to me, changed the momentum coming out of halftime. The first – I was talking to Matt Painter at half, and he said to me, the first four minutes will decide this game. Obviously, we knew that because Kansas couldn't dig a bigger hole. And Dewan Harris had two great defensive plays right away. And Christian Brown, who was awful in the first half, got kind of his confidence going. And they just snowballed. And it was all about momentum. And oh, They got six, yeah. six quickies right away. Went from 15 to nine. Boom. And we said, hey, we got a game. And, we- and Caleb Love got hurt, too. So, you know, it, it was kind of the perfect storm. I felt bad for Carolina. Um, to get that far, but I also felt good for Carolina to get that far because this was oh, a yeah. team that was on the bubble six weeks ago, Gary. We didn't know if they'd even be right. in the tournament. And Hubert Davis has become – I've become a fan of Hubert Davis. And, and I'm the one who said when he was hired, I didn't think it was the right hire at Carolina. I would have went with Wes Miller, the former New Hampton prep star, Bob Ryan, mm-hmm. Wes Miller. And yeah, – um, yeah. I would have went with, with him over Hubert at the time. And then Hubert hired a staff that I was kind of like, eh, I don't love it. And then they underachieved for 90% of the year. And here's the, the best story of, of, I don't know if you saw this, Bob, but uh, Armando Baycott, we are in a press. I called them soft. I called Carolina soft back yeah, at the Mohegan Sun. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed the microphone, and this was before their, their game against Duke, the day before. Uh, it might have been Thursday, actually. It was Thursday, the first media availability. So I grabbed the microphone, and Baycott and his teammates are up there. And I see Baycott, before I even said anything, he starts to have this huge smile on his face. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, here we go. So yeah. I said, hey, Armando, you know, uh, some people, you know, called, called you soft back earlier this season. You know, what do you think of that or something like that? And he said, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was pissed off when you called you called us soft. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't think we were soft. And it motivated us and this and that and the other. And he handled it. He actually handled it great. And, and Armando's awesome. He was awesome. Kid, so that's good. Great know. kid. And I told him, I said, you're about as entertaining 
as anybody we've seen at the Final Four since Big Baby. And Big Baby was the ultimate showman back uh, back in the mid-2000s when, when uh, it was actually him and Joakim Noah in the same Final Four. Imagine those two. Oh, yeah. They were, quote, machines. <laughs> but here's what I was going to say about Hubert. So Hubert finishes talking, and I don't really know Hubert. Met him a couple times, but he's a guy that, that, that really took his – role as an assistant at Carolina seriously, which meant in the Dean Smith days, you didn't deal with the media. You just did your job and you put your head down. So I really didn't have many dealings with him. Well, he calls me over through his sports information director after he finishes on Thursday. And, I, and I'm like, oh, no, here we go. He's going to kill me for, you know, for saying that he shouldn't have been the coach or whatever. And I go up to him and he says, hey, I just want to thank you. I'm like, huh? He says, yeah, I want to thank you for calling us soft. We were, we were, and, and, and we needed that. You know, he's like, I could say that all I want. You know, it's like with your own kids, right? You could say something to your own kids a hundred times, but when somebody else says it, sometimes it has a different level of impact. And, and I think that was what Hubert had been trying to tell him and really couldn't get through to them that they were playing soft overall and that they weren't fun to watch. And man, did he he flipped the script with them. I mean, they became fun to watch, playing with emotion, sharing the ball. They were they were awesome. So it, it was cool. Now, I remember thinking on multiple occasions over the two days uh, of the two games, how this team ever lost the number of games they lost and what the transfer. I know they were twelve. And how they lost them, Bob? Not not that they lost them. They were getting blown out right, in those right, games. Putting, yeah, right, right. Losing some multiple games by twenty. Yes. Not just the Duke game, but I, I think the uh, Pitt, right? Pitt? Pitt. Pitt. Not, Pitt. Not, not the disparage Pitt, but Pitt. No. This, year, ah. you know, this isn't the, you know, the, the, the vintage Pitt. Uh, all right, we have, let's address the uh, semis um, and the fact that the, the, the game totally lived up to the moment. Yeah. And totally. We got sure what, what, what we wanted, what the world wanted, what both teams wanted. And, you know, someone asked me a very interesting question uh, in the aftermath. Um, which was, do you think that if Coach K had to do it all over again, he would not have announced his retirement in the way he did it in the finals? Because of the pressure that obviously mounted on his team, which manifested itself, obviously, in the Carolina game and even in the Virginia Tech game. I said, no, and here's why. Because when they got to the tournament, they played their ass off. They played great. And yes. right down to the final game, minute of the final game. And, and it, he couldn't ask for more than what they gave him. They didn't win the game, you know, but it was a hell of a game. It goes down. It could have gone either way. So I, I'm just saying that team, they, whatever pressure they felt in that Cameron game and in the ACC title game, they, played, they had a great tournament. And right down, and they didn't win that. Anybody could have won that, that, that game against Carolina. It was a great, it was truly a great game. It, it was a great game. And again, I mean, for me, I was still in disbelief. I was in disbelief that they lost both of those games. The two big, you know, how do you lose on Coach K night? You lose that one. Right. And I just felt like, all right, they're going to come back and they're going to, I don't know, they're going to smack Carolina in this one, but they're going to win. They got four pros on their team. They're more talented at just about every spot. How do they not uh, win this one? But again, like Baycott was great in that one. He was hurt. And- Caleb Love. Caleb Love was unbelievable. And that's the Caleb Love, you know, the semis and the finals, that kind of 
that 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 characterizes Caleb Love pretty well, right? He he can be elite level in terms of of how he scores and gets buckets, and then he can be that guy who goes three for seventeen and shoots you right out of the game. Now he, he's going to have that swagger. I'm curious to know, Bob, your thoughts in the post game, and I know you weren't there, but I, I think you saw enough, heard enough. But my first question, I opened the the, the press conference after Coach K's went in there was the one you have to ask, right? Like, what were your emotions when you were walking off the court? It's it's the simplest question. It's the one everybody wanted to know. And, and I wanted to kind of get emotions from him. I wanted him to share with us kind of what he's thinking right now after his career is over. And he would not go there at all. It, he said, it's not about me. Well, it is about you, Mike. It is about you. And we wanted to hear the raw emotions and he never came well, with anything. Keeping with the plan, you know, overall, uh, he's, you know, he's made it clear, you know, whatever he truly feels, but he's made it clear publicly that, uh, you know, he's won him before these, this group hasn't, this group, it's about yep. these kids, you know, and, and he's made that clear distinction. But so you can do both, Bob, you can do both. You can give your kids the credit and say how bad you feel for your kids and also say, Hey, you know what? I'm a human being here. Yeah. This is tough to, well, to, to digest. I agree. That was the right question. And you would have hoped that, you know, you'd get the answer and he wouldn't, he wouldn't go there. And that's, oh, it's too bad. That's that, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the thing I witnessed is on uh, coach K night, he, he did the same thing. He kind of went, you know, well, he, it was all about the game. It was just all about he gave emotions, you know? though. No, on Coach K night, Gary, remember, he came back, took the microphone and well, said, he came back, but right I, after I apologize. Night, remember, this was, right. this was unacceptable. So he gave those emotions. And then after in the post game, he was actually terrific. Like nobody saw this with the media. He was elite level in the post. Now, he was good in this one. But again, everybody wanted to know. Right. The elephant in the room was, what are you thinking right now? Why aren't tears streaming down your face? Now, maybe he got that all out of the way in the locker room with his family. I, I don't, I mean, he's a military guy, I mean, but you, you talk to enough people that are in the program, former players, whatever, they'll say, this is an emotional guy. He's got great relationships with, I, again, I wonder, and, and I said this, and it's come out since Jay Will said something too. I've heard rumblings in the last couple of weeks that he, he regrets his decision. Meaning, if he hadn't made it, he might he might want to coach another year. Now, it's going to be tough to pull a Tom Brady, I think, for him. And I'm not sure he's at that point where he's saying, I definitely want to come back. But I think he, from what talking to people, there were rumblings for the last few weeks that I've heard that were such of, hey, he might want to come back for another go-around. And Jay Williams said this on air, I think, I've said this for a few days about the rumblings. I think Jay said it on air yesterday or, or Sunday. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, guys. But I wonder if that's why he didn't show any real raw emotion, too, because maybe in his mind he thought, hey, maybe I'm not completely closing the door on this thing. Maybe, but I, ho- I hope not. I mean, I, I, I hope I, not, too. I, I, would, I don't know. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Call it a career. You're, you're, listen, enjoy – Enjoy the time with your wife, with your family. Brady Brady did that for a month. Brady did that for a month and he wanted back in. But there's more to that. Brady's 40. The difference is Tom Brady's 44, 
44? Uh, be 40, 44, be 45 on August 3rd. Coach right. Kay's in his mid-70s now. Like, like, you don't need to work every day, you know, go out recruiting, all that stuff. It's a grind now. It's the reason Roy Williams retired when he did, part of it, he didn't want to deal with the transfer portal. He didn't want to deal with name, image, likeness. He didn't want to deal with having to be somewhere every single day, a certain day, recruiting, flying all over the country to see a 16-year-old kid to kiss their ass. Like, Coach K, just go do what you want to do, whatever time you want to do. You want to sleep in? Sleep in. You want to go play golf? Go play whatever. Yeah, well, that's true. And I, I hope he enjoys his life right there. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't, I, I, we said that early, uh, elsewhere, before all this, I don't know why anybody want to coach in the, that atmosphere and either football or basketball any longer with the right. transfer portal and the, and the NIL, yeah. the, the ramifications of which are, are, we haven't even begun to see, by the way. And, I, I have a question. If Duke makes the national championship, do they beat Kansas? I say yes. Well, I think yeah. I think they match up well. I thought they matched up well. And originally I picked Kansas to win the whole thing. And then I said, if they play Duke, I think it's a tough matchup because those small Kansas guards might have gotten eaten up by Duke's bigger, you know, more athletic, bigger guards. I mean, I just I think the three, you know, even in a healthy Villanova, too. We, if we yeah. had a round robin, yeah. anything could have happened. Oh. Uh, and I thought after watching the Duke-Kansas game, if they played 10 times, it'd probably go five and five. And the same thing probably goes true with Carolina and Duke, the way Carolina's playing now. No, I mean, I, it, it, they were very equal teams. And, and uh, it was it – was, that's, that's what made it fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was no outlier. I mean, the outliers make it interesting. Yeah, that's nice. But they, they never, you know, win that champion, that, that semifinal game. So anyway, uh, now his funny. I was thinking about this at the end. Uh, this is the time of year when ordinarily we'd say, well, let's project who's going to be good next year, except oh. we don't know who's going to be playing for anybody next year. So preseason predictions are, uh, at this point, are impossible. I've tried that. So I, I put out my top 25. I've Arkansas one, Houston two. How about that? I mean, Arkansas yeah. brings in an elite recruiting lives. <laughs> That's I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my name that you have to watch for next year. All right. Okay. This will be could be the number one pick in, in next June's draft. Kid named Nick Smith, who's going to Arkansas. Write that name down. I'm writing it he down. Is, he is a big, strong, athletic, six-five guard wing for. He'll be at Arkansas next year. Man, I saw him last year, and the first thing I thought about was like NBA, NBA. He's just got that game that Who's is going to translate. Where's he from? I think he's from Arkansas. Ooh. I think he's an in-state kid. They, Eric Musselman's killed it on the recruiting trail. They got another kid named Jordan Walsh who plays hard. He's athletic. Um, and Houston has everybody – well, not everybody back. I shouldn't say that. They get their two best players who are hurt, their two best offensive players, Marcus Sasser and Tremont ba- uh, Mark back, uh, who missed the, the whole second half of the season. And Kelvin almost took him to the final four without those guys. So you're right, though. It's impossible to predict with all the uncertainty. It's kind of a mess right now in college basketball. I don't like it, but you've come, got to accept it. Here's the, you know, it's, I was, because of all the, the discussion about the changing world and it's completely changed and, and, and all that. The method, how you get to the final four, how you construct the teams, how you build. The old. It's completely different than it was even five yeah. years ago. But once it's there, once you're there, it, it's the same, right? Once you're there, the, when the four teams are there, I mean, the final four was the final four. It was the final four that you and I know. It's the one I've known since 1970. I went my first one. You know, I mean, it, it's evolved. And I mean, that one, we all stayed in the same hotel. 
everybody, all four teams, the media, the you know, really at the Shoreham Hotel in Washington D.C. Wow. Everybody was there, and it was because it was Saturday. It was Thursday night, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. You know, that was the format of, at those yep. days. It was a different mom and pop thing in a sense, but the feeling, the buzz, you know, and you're right about the atmosphere uh, and the championship. Wow. I mean, of course, the Carolina Duke atmosphere was tremendous, and I mean, it was it was a Final Four. But how they get there is a lot different than it ever was, that's for sure. The last thing, and then we'll move on. The last thing. The last however many five, six national title teams now. Villanova's won a couple. Virginia's won one. Carolina won one. Baylor. Now, obviously, uh, Kansas. All older teams. All older teams. You might have a freshman here or there. But for the most part, you've got veteran experience, and I think everybody realizes that Duke made a run here, a deep, a deep run. But again, there's a big difference between winning four to get there and winning six to win it all. And nobody has won six over the last six NCAA titles uh, without having a veteran team. So that that's the way you win it all right now. Not very good. All right. All right. Well, so it's better it. basketball. We'll put a lid. We'll put a lid on the college season. All right, guys. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk about the Lakers, and we're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets, both headed in different directions. But first, I have to tell you about this, about CODA. Uh, Here's the tough part during this whole pandemic and working remotely is staying on the same page with all your coworkers, being spread across the country and trying to keep the team going in the same direction has been very tough to do. Now, here's what you do with CODA. Uh, You can take your best work, your workflow, your documents, your spreadsheets, everything. And you can bring it all together so everybody is literally on the same page. Coda is endlessly customizable and connected. Everything in Coda is sync. Make an update in the table and it automatically shows up everywhere. No more relying on copy and page to keep linchpin projects current. Your team can operate on the same information and collaborate the same way with everyone, whenever you want to, quickly and efficiently. With Coda, you can solve just about anything. Right now, you can get started having your team all working together on the same page for free. Head on over to coda.io slash scribe. That's C-O-D-A dot I-O to get started for free. Coda.io slash scribe. Okay, now let's get to the big story here with the Lakers. Or as ML Carr said, the fakers way back when. (laughs) So, Bob, I'll start with you. Uh, how surprised are you? How big of a disappointment? What does it mean for LeBron James? Number one, that roster, and I wish we could, we probably do have audio proof, you know. Wait, what was your, what, wait, wait, can we, can we revisit your off the camera reaction oh. when we said, when we said the Lakers aren't going to be in the playoffs? Yay! Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, that, that, that's good. Now, okay, I got that off my. Thank you. Uh, from the, I said from the beginning that that roster was a lab experiment. That roster with all those uh, AARP subscribers was a uh, it was a, a a lab experiment. And let's see, you know, I was skeptical that it, that it, they would produce a champion for at the very least. There's no way I thought, but did I think they would fail to make the playoffs with an expanded playoff format such as we now have? No. Now. Uh, one thing we knew from the start, we didn't know. We could turn the hourglass over always. When will Anthony Davis get hurt? And how long will it be out this time? Right. All right? So that was always there. 
we, we also anticipated that the 30, soon to be 37 year old, which he turned last 30th of December, uh, uh, LeBron, uh, would, would, would miss some games, however many we didn't know, but that they were, and they probably knew that, they were trying to bolster themselves with the luster of experienced people, many of whom have been there before, you know, quote unquote, and, and, and that was going to be the way they were going to do it. The, the Dwight Howards, the Urizas, the Rondos, on and on, you know, and, um, and we now know the lab experiment failed, period, end of story. And, and, and so, I mean, isn't that the summation of it? I don't know. And Westbrook, Westbrook, no one figured he was going to fizzle out the way he has. I didn't I'm looking see at my tweets. I sent a tweet out. I remember I'm looking at it right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on August 3rd. And uh, after they got Westbrook and, and I said, the Lakers should be playing in a nursing home instead of Staples. <laughs> and, and I got crushed for it by Lakers fans crushed for it. Oh, of course. But no, I, the thing that I enjoy about it, number one, the Lakers, even though, you know, it, yeah, as a Celtics fan, you can never root for the Lakers. Uh, though I don't hate LeBron. I've always liked LeBron. I mean, people out there want to hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. No, uh, you know, I, can't. I, just, I can't, you can't hate the guy. Um, so, uh, but, but my feeling is that it puts an end to the super team. I don't even want to say myth, but you know, like, you know, what we're going to do is we're just going to take the best players and they're all going to come play together. And that's the way it's going to work. Well, it's failed in Brooklyn so far. Yep. And then it blew up with the Lakers. You know, where you have teams like Memphis and you have teams like Miami and, you know, you have teams like <laughs> Chicago. I mean, Chicago's not on Miami's level, but, you know, you have teams that, you know, you, you, that, that it's not like a, a bunch of hired guns. So that's what I like about it is now GMs are going to sit back and they're going to go, OK, well, just because I bring in this guy and this guy, it's not an automatic. I mean, it happened in Miami. But other than that. Has it worked? Because it's changed. Well, because those dominant, dominant players in LeBron we, you know, there's only, I think you'd say two of them left, LeBron and KD. Right. I mean, I know, obviously, yeah. Giannis is Giannis and, and, and the Joker. Like, there's some great players, but none are at that level right now. LeBron, obviously, you watch him now, and he age has really taken its toll on LeBron in the last year or so, year or two. But I think this year, even more than any. Like, you just look at him, and you're like, eh. It, it really hit him over the pandemic. And all those 35-point-plus games, I mean, physically, the, wow, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just – I still watch him, and he doesn't have that same gear. that He has it at times. He can have it at times, but it's yeah. not there consistently. No, it's, but it's still amazing what he has left compared amazing. to whatever 37s I've ever had. Well, I, I, well, I, I agree with you. I think you're – He was at – he wasn't a notch above – everybody else he was like two notches above right, everybody right, else right. now he's with everybody else that's the difference is he's in the same class if even at the same class as Giannis as as some of these other guys four years younger or at least he is at at that level and that's Durant Durant looks right. as good as he's ever looked and I still marvel at how effortlessly he floats around that court and makes it and with uh you know does he just a rare athlete who makes this game he was born to play this game the game makes sense to him the game is i'm sure he's worked his ass off to get who he is but it look at now the game is easy it's all logical for him he knows when to take a 15 footer he knows when to take a 25 footer he knows when to pass he knows when not oh my god he just the game is just flows out of him you know the difference is lebron could do it by himself before 
He didn't need anybody else with him. Look at that team he got to the, the Eastern right. Conference Finals with Cleveland, right? Like, they weren't good. No, no, was, no, like, no, so no, now no, he no, needs no, guys. That feat was yeah. is equivalent of Larry Bird taking the Indiana State to the championship right. game at yes. 79. And yes. That was, yeah. the, that was yeah. the professional equivalent. Yes. Yep. Okay, now, let's, but since you guys mentioned KD, getting to the Nets right now with Kyrie, and now he can play in every game. Uh, he's starting to, you know, we, we all know, and, and Jeff has said it, just what a, you know, what a dominant player Kyrie can be. When he wants to play, man, look out. Oh. Yeah. So, to me, everything's changed in the East. Everything's changed. What do you guys yeah. think? Well, they're, yeah, they're, I mean, listen. They loom. I'll throw a Bob. Bob, go ahead. They're yeah. like, they're loom. They loom over everything. They're like in, in that Woody Allen movie when they have the mother was up in the sky. You know, they're 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 they're, they're looming over, and everybody's saying, "Oh my God, you don't want to be the team two. You ever want to play in the net? No, you, you well, you're going. To, somebody's going to have to play them. No, they're the, those two guys. I mean, like Kyrie had another forty-two last night. Yeah. I think I don't know. I guess they they figured it out for themselves. He took twenty-four shots, and the Grant the uh, Durant only took thirteen shots. Right. Kind of, we took some other night. Maybe it'll be the reverse. You know. But anyway, oh, they're they're going to be a, 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 a proverbial tough out. I'm not. They're not going to win the championship. Oh, I'll categorically say that. Really. I'll categorically say that. I didn't hold me to but it. You got to wait to see what Ben Simmons looks like when he comes back, Bob. And now this is after, this is later in the playoffs. You know, you're not, you're not talking to the, a member of the Ben Simmons. Well, we know I that. know, but we listen, know I get it. Listen, the only thing I'll say is Ben Simmons, the only thing you worry about with Ben in Philly was you can't put the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Now you you don't, don't need to. You don't need to with Brooklyn. Give the ball to Kyrie. At the end of the game, Ben never needs to touch it. But but Ben, for most of the game, doing this and defending at the highest level, which he can do, Bob, like, it can work. I'm not saying it's going to. It can work with KD and Kyrie. It can. I I think the Eastern Conference playoffs, the West, I still think, you know, I'm not a Utah guy. You've got Golden State. You've got, you know, Phoenix. But the East, dude, I fellas, I, with Brooklyn now, Jeff, and I'll let you respond on the next thing. I think Brooklyn makes everything wide freaking open. It's well, wide you know open. what it does, too? You know what it does, Gary? It makes the playoffs interesting. Without no question. LeBron. No question. Like, you, you don't have LeBron now. We got to have a villain. Not to say LeBron was a villain to all of us, but he was LeBron. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But now you got that team people love to hate, okay, which could have been the Lakers. Now it's clearly Brooklyn. And, oh, by the way, they might get the Miami Heat, the number one seed in, in the actual first round of the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't want to be Miami and Jimmy Butler. I, you got that right. Miami, by the way, last night had 74 points off the bench. Wow. Yeah. 74 74 of 144 yeah. off the bench, <laughs> starting with Hero going in 35 off the bench. I mean, all right. So, anyway, I, I still, I, Miami's the number one seed. To me, it's Milwaukee is the favorite still. I'm, yeah, I'm on- I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, they're the kings right now, but boy, I'll tell you, uh, sometimes in the NBA, we've said, okay, let's. You know, let's wait till we get to the finals or wait till we get to the, the conference finals. 
But, you know, I think the NBA is going to be smiling because all of the games are going to be good. Oh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of intriguing storylines, subplots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. no, you know, and, and the right people are except for LeBron are, are, are still alive. And, 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 and. She, I can't I, wait. I can't I wait. Think, I, I think Brooklyn without Simmons can win it. Well, I want to see him with Simmons. I just want to see him with well, Ben. I understand. But, I mean, the thing about all of these guys, like Kyrie Harden's another guy. If Kyrie balls and KD balls, I mean, man, I don't know. I, I hear you on Milwaukee, Bob, but, man, if those two guys are balling, I don't know. going to be damn I just think you got a lot of teams that have a chance uh, when you take LeBron out of the equation and – when you're 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 throwing a Brooklyn Nets team as you know having the second best player on the planet with KD, but they're dysfunctional and they're going to try to figure things out in the playoffs chemistry wise. So I think you're, you're you're you might get a. I mean, listen again. Why, why can't people are sleeping on Golden State a little bit? Why can't they turn it on? Yeah, and, and when this they game? can. They can. Of course they can. If anybody hasn't noticed, I'm going to say you guys, uh, Thompson, that 30 one day the other day, he's he's apparently pretty close to his old self. Yep. So that's, uh, there you so, go. But Steph, you know, has not yet recovered from that uh, loose ball that Marcus Smart went and, uh, took from him, if you will. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not. They could. And that, that'd be great. But And then Draymond, is is he going to be Draymond? You know, they, they, they must have Draymond. I'm not so big on them, but I'm bullish on the Suns. They're for real. They're I'd for like real. to see them win it. I like their team. Oh, I, I would. I, I like them. They they came in the league in 19, you know, 68 or yeah, eight or yeah, eight with Milwaukee in 1968, 69. About time. <laughs> About time they got one. Okay, then, to wrap uh, things up, I love I love Bob Ryan's stories and <laughs> Jeff. Um, this one was told to me by Dan Shaughnessy, and the reason I'm telling this story, Gene Shue who coached Philadelphia and also Washington, I believe, um, has passed away at the age of 90. Now, this is when I fell in love with the NBA, when she was coaching the Sixers, and, you know, it was in, in, the, in the 70s, and then, you know, Bobby Jones and George McGinnis and all these guys and Honda with it. So, but this is an indication of the impact that and how in Bob Ryan was in the fabric of the NBA. I mean, it can't happen today because of accessibility, but, I mean, you know, and a lot of the globe people were. Gammons was the same way. Um, you know, Will certainly. McDonough with the NFL. I mean, he was the freaking commissioner, for God's sakes. But this story illustrates how in Bob Ryan was with the NBA. Bob writes a story about the officiating, and I think it was the Sixer Celtics series. Now, this is when the media sat where they have all the rich people sitting now. They sat, like, right at center court. So there's, like, Bob. Is, and Bob always wanted to sit by the opposition because he wanted to hear what was going on on the Sixer bench. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because he knew what was going on on the Celtic bench. He wanted to know what was going on with the other guys, right? <laughs> the Shaughnessy sits next to him, and then the ref comes down, makes a call, goes against Philly. Gene Shu turns around and says, that's because of you, Bob Ryan. <laughs> All right. Now, the, the punchline's true. The, uh, the genesis was this. He was coaching the Bullets for oh, the, the second bullets, time. And Rick Mahorn had Rick Mahorn, you know, he was a, a he was a thug. He was a, a rational thug, okay? Enforcer. And yeah, and a tough guy. He was he was the original filthy and McNasty was Rick Mahorn and yeah. Jeff Rulin, if you remember. Johnny sure. Most. Okay. So 
uh, something happened with Mick Mahorn, and I called up the official supervisor uh, at the time. I forget who it was, whether it was Daryl or whoever. And I said, "Is can you tell me if certain guys in the league get extra scrutiny from the officials, i.e. Rick Mahorn? Because of, you know, he, he had gotten thrown out of a game for, you know, for buggery. And he said, buggery. well, truthfully, yes. And I wrote it. So then the next time the bullets came in, I don't know how soon it was after it may have been the ensuing week. I was indeed sitting in my usual seat next to the visiting bench. And in the first period or whenever it was, there was a foul on the horn, at which point Gene Shu did jump up and say, that's your fault, Bob Ryan, your fault. So that's a true story. I love that story. I mean, the okay. other great story that Shaughnessy told, too, this is when Bob went into the Hall of Fame, was uh, you were talking during the game. DJ's <laughs> dribbling the ball up. And DJ turns to Bob. Bob, you want to keep it down trying to play a game here? I mean, uh, <laughs> Ian, loves, Ian loves those stories. And, and uh, you know, I, you know, what, what can I say? It was a different world, yes. Gene Shue, by the way, divert, I hope they give him a proper send-off. I hope people understand. He was a very prominent figure in the NBA for four decades. He was a five-time All-Star uh, a player in the fifties, one of the great guards of the, in the NBA in the sixties, excuse me. And, um, and then, you know, he coached five different teams. He coached the, the uh, bullets in 69 when they uh, won the regular season and, and they, they, people thought they were going to, well, anyway, Lunsell's rookie year, he coached them to the finals in 71. They beat the defending champion Knicks. I was there in New York when he beat them. And then he was a, it was a, a good guy. He was really a good guy. And, and, you know, a person to help build the league. And uh, so it, it's, a, it's a big loss to the NBA community, Gene Shue. Great way to end the podcast, a good old Bob Ryan story. Gentlemen, until next week, take care. Thanks for watching the Ryan Goodman Tangway Along for the Ride podcast.